So yeah, the teaching thing came totally on accident. Like I never thought I would be a teacher. I just thought I'd be like a business person. And what happened is... Our first guest, uh, her name is Dot Long. Dot has worked with huge brands like Wix and Facebook. She now travels around the world making a living using social media. She's spoken at events like Digital Design Days, OFFF, and recently Share What You Know Summit by Teachable. Her course on Instagram strategy for business growth has over 40,000 students. She's built a pretty large community called the Little Dragons. (laughs) She's the mother of social media dragons. She's created a dragon's formula to make your brand stand out on social media. Her mission is to empower young creatives to take over the world, (laughs) create a living using social media. You can check out her website at dotlong, D-O-T-L-U-N-G.com and her Instagram at dotlong. And her course is on Domestica. I'll put the link below. Welcome, Dot. Hey, son. Say thank you so much for having me. I had no idea I had the honor of being the first guest on the Overthinking Podcast. So I'm super yeah. excited and just ready to, yeah, to chat I'm with so you. I'm so excited to have you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Um, do you want to kind of quick, give a quick, uh, bio, like your one minute story? (laughs) Sure. So my name is Dot Lung. Dot is short for Dorothy and Lung means dragon in Mandarin. And I've been, you know, on Facebook for over 15 years since 2004, like right when we started university, um, I've always been, you know, super kind of like a computer geek and just, uh, into social networking and meeting people online. I've been doing it on Craigslist. I did it, you know, on Friendster, on uh, MySpace. I even started, uh, you know, doing digital marketing on MySpace for a real estate company I was working with. So just have always been incorporating social media into my real life. And now, you know, in 2020, these two paths have really merged and, meeting my real life and my online life. And so it's just cool to see, you know, the social media industry just blossom into what it is today with nearly what 3000, not 3000, 3 billion, nearly 3 billion users on Facebook. I think it's at 2.7 billion. So, you know, probably next year we'll have 3 billion Facebook users and it's just so exciting. I've been there since the beginning. And yeah, anything you guys want to learn about social media from my experience, from my insights, I'm happy to share everything and all of it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I want to start off by asking about kind of, so you're kind of the most, one of the most authentic person that I've ever met. Oh my God. Uh, you're so <laughs> sweet. Thank you. You are too. I think I, I, I connected with you, um, you know, just personality wise. Um, you're, I call it like hashtag DGAF, which is like, don't give a fuck, you know, just, <laughs> uh, but we had a conversation about this, right? Like how, about like, yeah, you have to hashtag DGAF, but you DGAF cause you actually do care. Like you actually do care about you know, what you do and you do care about other people and the quality of work, your work and, and the message that you're sending out there. So I think to yeah. actually hashtag DGAF, it comes from um, actually giving a damn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, can you kind of talk about, were you always that way? Let's talk about like your, I want to talk a little bit about your childhood. I know there's like some interesting Yeah, <laughs> what do you... <laughs> Well, um, well, let's, let's I want to ask you about uh, your parents and kind of how you grew up for us because Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think like well, parents are like a huge part of how we are, like as adults. Can you- yeah, they they definitely have molded uh, me. They definitely have influenced me for the good and for the bad. Um, my mother is a she's a single mother immigrated to America, basically from Taiwan, pregnant with me. Um, like, didn't know, she like, I, I'm pretty sure she didn't know what she was doing, but she just had this, you know, dream to live in America and to build a family in America and build her life and have her children um, be American born Chinese. And this was her life goal. And she was 
successful at it. You know, it was, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, you know, I've seen her struggle for most of, uh, you know, up to my adult life, she had, you know, she has been struggling, uh, mainly as a single parent and like, you know, going through having different jobs and a lot of instability. Um, but she's one of the most, uh, fearless, literally fearless women, uh, I have known. And, and one of the, the women that, you know, has basically molded me into who I am today. Um, so, you know, without my mother, um, I probably, well, obviously I wouldn't be here, but she, she really, uh, influenced me to be extremely ambitious and to think outside of the box and to just really like degaff what other people think, because I think what, when she grew up and even how, you know, I grew up, it, we had to follow the traditional path, you know, like to be, uh, you know, a good Asian, um, a good Asian daughter or a good Asian child. You have to get good grades and you have to, you know, go to Ivy leagues. And, you know, from a young age, I definitely was not going toward that direction. And, but I still did all the things, you know, I still got that corporate job after college and I still did tick off the boxes so that, you know, I could, you know, make my family not, let's say like not worry about me. Right. Um, because your parents, they just, they want, they want the best for you and, and they don't, they want, they move to America so that you can get that secure nine to five uh, job yeah. with health benefits and, a, yeah. and 401k and, you know, all the pension stuff. And that I didn't see myself. I tried it and it just wasn't for me. Um, and I knew I had to figure out how to get out of, uh, the corporate, uh, lifestyle once and for all. And that was like my main goal is to figure so out. <clears throat> yeah. So your mom, was kind of that the typical Asian like she was mom, not or? she she wasn't by any means like she was already like out like she was like I'm gonna go like she's a badass like I'm gonna go to America I don't know what I'm gonna do for work or yeah, definitely not an overthinker yeah <laughs> <laughs> no she didn't no, definitely not an overthinker definitely not um but she's like you know taught me to think things through like it's just she it's different like how how she raised me I feel was you know, you should, you should like dot, these are the things that you should do, but I'm not going to tell you like, you know, not to do whatever it is you want, but you should, you know, go to college and you should get a corporate job because those are the things that, you know, you have the opportunity to do in America. And so, but yeah. Even though you weren't like, you weren't like the, that kind of the cat, like, you know, the valedictorian, like that typical Asian, like top performer, like, but yeah. you still had, had that, had a little bit of that. Oh, I need to still go this path, get a job. And, you know, that I think thing. it's because I needed to, I think a lot of it has to do with safety. And when you are feeling safe and, you know, doing what else is doing, it makes you feel safe and comfortable. Right. So that you can, you know, know that you're on the right track and you're on the right path to your next promotion or to whatever um, it is that the traditional path ha is has waiting for you. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to <laughs> the first thing that I wanted to do after college was just get out of America. I was just like, I am so done. Oh, really? with yeah, that was like, I don't know why I just always wanted to live in Barcelona. I just, you know, I grew up in Southern California, everything in our neighborhood in Palos Verdes was like Nate had Spanish names. Um, oh, all you grew of our up in Palos Verdes? Yeah. I grew up in Torrance. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. I went to, I was like a PV girl, you know, like We're practically just, neighbors. <laughs> we are. I mean, I felt, um, like, I definitely feel like we could have been friends if we were in high school. Yeah, probably. Um, PV is kind of like a more affluent neighborhood, I feel like. It's like, you know, rich white kids and yeah. Asians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when, the, can you talk about like the time you quit your job? So what, yeah, what made oh you, God. 
Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so I don't think I like actually quit. I was fired. Um, <laughs> basically it was like the year Obama was elected and that year we had a huge, there was a global crisis and a recession and people were getting laid off. And, you know, I just started this job. I was like nine months into this uh, corporate sales position at a medical tech company. That was like literally my goal <laughs> because like, Oh, I want to work in medical tech and pharma so I can like what? make shit kind of, yeah. Like, you didn't even know that. Right. No one knows. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, I need like a bunch so of were money you driven by money. I think like, that's kind of what I feel like I was taught. Right. I was like taught like, Oh, money means success. And mm -hmm. Um, you know, that like people will respect you if you drive a nice car and you have like a Louis Vuitton yeah. purse and all that bullshit, yeah. total bullshit. Especially um, in the Asian, like oh my God, I'm yeah. Korean and Koreans are like the worst at comparing themselves. Like <laughs> when you go to like a church, Korean church, it's like literally a place to show off your car, show off how, how much like money you donated and like even do donating money, they're like competing. <laughs> Yeah, no, chi Chinese people are exactly the same. Um, it's always trying to, you know, it's always keeping up with the Jetsons, right? Like yeah, how, yeah. Um, you know, how much better are you doing than mm -hmm. like the other immigrants? Yeah. Um, or your kids, like, like yeah. my kids went to Harvard versus like my... That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's for sure. That's like... Oh, like I, don't I don't know. I don't know why it's like that. I don't know why it's like that, but I was just like so over it. I was just like, this is stupid. Like, I don't need another Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> like, um, but you know, it took it took me to get outside my comfort zone, which was you know always having a new iPhone every year, always you know driving a nice car, and all of these like luxuries that I had in LA. The minute that I busted my ass to move out to Spain and be an illegal immigrant, an illegal alien. So you were, you quit first or you got fired so first? I got and then... fired and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? Because I can't tell, I can't tell my family. I can't tell my mom that I got fired from uh, my nice corporate job. Um, I, I got fired because I actually like wore shorts into like a sales um, conference and it was just not appropriate. Oh my God. But I That's... also, the, the day that I knew that it wasn't gonna work out for me was because I had changed my email signature to be like rainbow colored. And like, they're like, no, it has mm. to be gray and black and white or whatever. Mm. And I was just, you know, I was really into design and really like mm. colors. And I put some personality in my email signature and it was like a huge no-no. And I just <laughs> butted heads with them. And yeah, that, it was just a so you weren't answer. happy to begin with, like you, you already knew that it wasn't for you. I was like really happy because I was really young. I was like 20, mm -hmm. like probably not even 21. And I was like, damn, I just oh, got, wow. I got a serious job. Like none of my friends were able to get jobs that year. It was like a really hard competitive year because there was a recession and there were no jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was just lucky enough to get the job. Literally it was a job that I wanted. Um, I was like, had to go through this whole recruiting process and it was super well paid. And I was like, I, I'm making it, you know, I'm making it in like America, whatever. I'm like doing the whole damn immigrant um, thing. And, and then I got in and I'm like, this is not it. At first it was like, you know, all fun, like meeting new people. And then I realized that I really, what I, what I saw was that, what was I going to be in 10 years? Like in 10 years, what, like career wise, where am I going? And I saw the people that were senior to me, like that were maybe 10 years, you know, ahead of me. And I was like, holy shit, I do not just want to be living my life, making a ton of money for this medical company and then winning a free trip to Hawaii. And that would mm -hmm. be like, the best shit ever is to like take my whole it's like family. Like highlight of your life. year. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like what they incentivize sales teams with. Like, oh, you'll get a free trip paid to like stay at the Hyatt in like Waikiki or some shit, right? And I was yeah. like, holy shit, that's not that's not me. Like, that is yeah. not what I want to do. And 
plus I can't change the color of my freaking email signature. Um, <laughs> like that was it. That was it. It was the email signature. That, that was uh, count, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Totally. Totally. And, so and what so happened after that? Yeah. I just like got myself fired. I like showed up late. I like didn't, I started like not really caring. I was like. Oh, so you sabotaged your own I, I think me- I think psychologically, yeah, I did. I was just, I just kind of gave up and I was like, if they still want me around, like. I'll take the money, you know, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, I, I didn't see myself. I did want to make like the income that the top sales reps were making, but it wasn't not, it wasn't fulfilling. Like I wasn't, I knew it wasn't where I wanted to be because what I really wanted to do was just travel the world. And while I was still young, like I didn't Mm want to be like old and like 60 and retired to go to like, (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry if that you know it's just that's literally like and that's what's happening to you know some of my relatives and stuff is that i see like now they're so old and they the can't travel and they're but they're like millionaires like they're like doing really well mm-hmm. um but so what did you, know, you do on the day that you got fired or the day after you got fired <sighs> i looked at flights <laughs> <laughs> I looked so you up just went for it. Yeah, I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, I just knew that there was nothing, like there's no way I was going to get another job, especially like with the state of my resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, just Also, oh, you were just it. traveling just to, just for, for leisure, like you No, so I was like, I was like, fuck what I'm going to do. I got, I had like this fling, like I'd gotten, I think I went to Coachella that year and then I got mm. myself into this terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was what, like, is he from Barcelona? <laughs> he was not. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was American, but I, I basically was in a fling. And then after that fling ended, I was like, okay, I'm jumping on a plane to Barcelona, one way ticket. Um, and I'm just going to figure shit out because I know that I was not interested in any jobs like in LA. I was just like LA. I had like done all of LA, you know, I like grew up there. I, um, you know, lived there for 25 years. I, I don't need mm-hmm. any more of it. I, I want to go discover and do new things and meet new people mm-hmm. and do new projects. And, and I just wanted to be creative. And so you moved to Barcelona. So yeah, my plan was to somehow make it in Europe. So I first actually I went, um, I first moved to France. Mm -hmm. I flew into Paris because I had an ex lover uh, that I had met on my like study abroad like (laughs) field trip um, when I was like eighteen. And that when I was eighteen, that's like when I, you know, my eyes opened up to wanting to live abroad. Like my whole vision was like, I'm going to be abroad and living in Europe because it's amazing. And mm-hmm. it is, it, it, it's definitely, I had the best years of my life. I just moved to Tel Aviv because, you know, I, I just, I, I'm off to the next adventure. But Barcelona, I spent eight years in Barcelona and those were like the best, honestly, like the best and craziest years of my life. I went from illegal immigrant to, you know, social media, um, agency in a spin and, you know, in having my own video production company and just becoming an, the entrepreneur. So you never got another in. job after that. You just went no. right into. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I went into like survival mode and I was like, how am I going to make money? And just went through, you know, the whole gig after gig until I started building my own clients, doing social mm-hmm. media and, and I figured out that I'm actually really good at this. And, mm. and actually I've, I have always been obsessed with it. And so it was, just what was it, who was your first, like, what was your first social media kind of client project? So the first paid social media I gig I got was 500 euros a month. And it was my first client in Barcelona. And then that was for the off festival. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And this was basically a dream client of mine. I had moved from France to Spain to actually, uh, you know, do their, they had this program called Off Atelier where they teach you how to create a campaign for the festival. So I did this like nine month program, which is a master's in multimedia production 
And after the ninth month program, I still didn't have a job. Um, but I, I moved to Ibiza with this new guy that I met through, through the program and just like, you know, had the best, like one of the best summers in Ibiza. And at the, and my deadline was like, okay, well by October, I need to have a job. Like I need to be like doing something. Um, I can't just be like partying and like basically paying for my life on credit. Right. Mm -hmm. I like borrowed $12,000 from American Express to like pay for, you know, my school and, and expenses in Spain. It didn't cost that much because it's mm -hmm. like in Spain. So I was able to survive. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I just emailed everyone I knew. I was like at a point where I was like, Oh my God, I need to get anything. Like, I don't care what it is. I need like an internship. I don't even care if I get paid, but I need to get something. So I literally just emailed every contact that I had made in Barcelona that year. I was like, Hey, like we met at so-and-so at this event or this class. And oh, I just wow. emailed them like, Hey, I'm looking, um, you know, I really want to stay in Barcelona and I'm looking for an internship or any sort of, um, you know, gig or job. I'm good at doing marketing, like graphic design. I I'm a shitty graphic designer, but I was like trying to make, <laughs> make money doing anything. <laughs> and, and all of these, you know, I can do copywriting. Like, what can I, can I help you with anything? Just seeing how like I can help anyone. Right. So that's what I did. And then after I sent out all these emails, actually, I got a few interviews, um, some great introductions. And at the end, um, one of my teachers was like, Hey, you should, you should do our Instagram. Cause we, mm -hmm. we don't have an Instagram yet. And you look like you're really, you really know what you're doing. <laughs> and I was like, Oh wow. And, and I'm, and you're going to pay me for this. And so that's how I started. I didn't even know you could get paid to do social media. Um, because for me, it was always like, you know, I was doing That's it probably around the time when the first kind of started though. Cause I, I, yeah, I think it was, it was still it was like, a new thing back then. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was like 2012. There was no such thing as Facebook ads back then. Uh -huh. So there was no ad. Yeah. So I literally grew their account from zero to 30 K on Instagram all organically. Oh, shit. Okay. Like 30 K <laughs> like in like a like nine months, some like crazy amount oh, wow. of time. And so then my name started getting passed around, like all over to all these other design festivals mm. and these other businesses. And then I started traveling the world. I literally, mm. from that account, I went to London. I went to Germany. Mm. I went to France. I went to Italy. I went to Hong Kong. I went, I went, I literally traveled the world because. Which I was like your dream. Well, that was my dream. My dream was to travel <laughs> the world. And then I, I was doing social media. So I was literally just yeah. like, taking pictures and making content um, and and doing it for music festivals and different events. So just... one pattern that I see is like, you. maybe you get this from your mom, but you're def definitely not like a naturally an overthinker. Because even when I talk to you and interact, whenever we're like, hey, let's do this, you're like, all right, let's do it. Let's right. do it right now. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're definitely like jumping in, whereas in, a lot of people that an action I, taker. I think it's about yeah. just taking action and not overthinking. But I think, yeah, we can all, once you, if you do start overthinking, you're going to go down this whole rabbit hole of overthinking. And then that's just not good for anyone. Yeah. But if you don't overthink and just jump in first, it actually stops you from thinking about it. And so like, I love what you said about, um, Maybe like because you have experience in sales, but you just reached out to everyone in Barcelona that you met. Yeah. And a lot of people I, are afraid to do that. Yeah. That's literally what what changed my life, That those emails. Um, it's just a cold, like, I guess it wasn't a cold exactly. email. <laughs> email. We had like, a we like knew, we had met once, okay? Um, but I just had no fear. I had no fear in like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, or they're going to ignore my email. Oh, well, like I had, was it also because your back was like pushed against the like wall? Like it, you had no other choice. Right. I needed to extend my visa. I mean, I was still an illegal immigrant at the time. I didn't know how I was going to stay in Spain. I needed money. Um, I, and you know, I just needed to start somewhere. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I moved from LA to Barcelona to literally just start over. And I knew that I had to figure it out. I need to, uh, make ends meet. And, and that's what pushed me to, you know, 
I had nothing to lose. If you hadn't done that, you wouldn't have gotten that gig, which would have led you to this other thing, which would have started a chain of events that brought you to where you exactly. are now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just wanted to point that out for all the overthinkers out there because that's like, that's basically our biggest pitfall, right? Like at that moment, we would just be overthinking about how I'm going to get out of this rather than just taking that action of like, pulling out your contacts and just emailing it. Like maybe it's a little bit of pride thing, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't want to ask mm -hmm. for help or whatever, but asking for help is like, for me, once I dropped that ego and started asking for help that that's like the biggest thing that turned everything around for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so important to ask for help when you need it and not let your ego get in the way. Um, yeah, I just, I think that's, that's a good way to So look. I want to talk about, let's fast forward. So you, you kind of grew your, uh, you got some more clients like that. And then eventually you started teaching yeah. and you have so, this like, yeah. So yeah, the teaching thing came totally on accident. Like I never ever wanted to thought I would be a teacher, um, ever. when I, when I finally got my legal residency in Barcelona, which was, I thought that was like one of my main goals. I have to get, uh, my residency in Spain so that I can get a job. That's what I was thinking. Right. Because I was like, Oh, I need like a steady income. I had clients, but it wasn't like, it wasn't stable because it was really in the beginning of, of my business. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to like get a job. So I went to this like one of the really most respected digital agencies, I would think, um, in Spain. And then I realized I got in and, you know, the salaries in Spain are very, I mean, they're low. Okay. And I was, so, and then I was like leading the entire like social media strategy and doing pretty, you know, pretty much everything for, in terms of like Instagram and Facebook. And then I realized holy shit, like I'm getting paid this much a month when I can just have one or two clients and, or just one client, let's be honest, mm -hmm. and make the same amount. And I could make more, um, you know, having multiple clients. So mm -hmm. why not just go out on my own? And so that's kind of like when I full on invested in myself and like went free, full freelance. Well, I always, mm -hmm. I always was freelance, but then I went to like, I thought I needed a job. Um, you went back and then you came, came back yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> and I came back out. Yeah, I went in and I came back out. I, I was like, I'm just not meant to like go into corporate. That's it. That's all. Um, but <laughs> at that agency, I was given like the Did they not let you put rainbow signatures either? <laughs> um, they were they were a creative agency, so they were more lenient. Um, but you still but yeah, didn't we like still it. Had to have, we yeah. still had to have like, it was still a corporate vibe. Huh. Um, but and there I was offered the opportunity to be a speaker at the university of Barcelona and teach, mm -hmm. um, their business students about social media marketing. Mm -hmm. And my, basically the owner of the agency that I was working with didn't, you know, what it was like, Oh, you should actually do this because mm -hmm. you're doing all of our social media. Um, and I was like, well, how okay. long ago was that? This was like in 2012, 2013, maybe. So seven years. And ago. you've never taught before that, or was that no. like your first? No. Yeah. I've never taught. I've never really taught before that, except I did. I did start like these meetup groups on meetup.com to meet other people that worked in social media. And so I would give like these mini presentations of like, what's the newest and latest thing that's happening with Facebook and, and you did that Twitter. just for fun. Yeah, I did that to like build community around me and to meet new people because I was an expat and I didn't know oh, that many yeah. people. And I, it was like to in order to, you know, survive and like make friends, I created. Um, Are you an introvert or extrovert? extrovert? I was a, I think when I was younger, I was definitely introverted and I've trained myself over time to become extroverted because of so necessity and like. 
So, so now you I'm can't change it. You can't change it. Can't You're change either it. an extrovert or extrovert. So yeah. So now I'm extroverted, but I, I know I was like, I always tell people like I was extremely introverted. I was so shy to, I couldn't even ask the teacher to go to the bathroom and I just pee in the middle of story time. Um, because I was so shy and I was so shy until That's I was like, like overthinking. Oh. I was Wait, like, so I, you're probably naturally an overthinker. I mean, naturally, uh, introvert. I am a natural, I was born an introvert for sure. Like I, I, I had to like, train. But I, I that's to, what like, I mean. You can't change. It's not uh, something you can change. It's like, a like it's, it's, it's. Yeah, I would say I'm like introverted, but I have fun being an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> you you like uh, creating? Do you enjoy like going to parties and networking events? Yeah, sometimes like I do, I do. But then also I enjoy just being a total recluse and mm. like hiding out and not talking mm. to anyone, <laughs> and being antisocial. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you've always. <laughs> It sounds like you you had this kind of I don't know if that's something because you were an expat, but you had yeah. this desire to create community. You had this desire to like. Yeah, I did because I needed it was, it was for like for my sanity, right? I needed to. I'm I'm always looking to like connect with others. I think that's the main thing that I'm seeking is like and why I travel all over the world and meet so many people and. And, you know, it's because I'm seeking to feel connected and seeking to feel connection um, and find more people like us to find your tribe. And, and that's why, you know, I started a meetup group and that's why I, you know, was really into social media because I've always been like, oh my God, are there other people like me out there? <laughs> like, mm. Where are you guys? <laughs> And meetup was probably kind of new at that time, right? It's it was it I mean, people were using it. It wasn't it was relatively new, like it wasn't it was being used and it was mainly being used in like the maker space community, at least in at least in Spain. And I guess in different cities they have different types of niches that use it. Um, and at the time there was nothing on social media, zero. And I was like, Well, who am I gonna hang out with? Like who am I going to like? You have no friends. Oh. I mean, I did have like I had like a boyfriend, but you know, like I was trying to grow my my knowledge. I wanted mm -hmm. to learn from others, and and I didn't know that many people. But at the end, you know, at the end, I knew everyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, like over the years, I, so, I meet people. Yeah. Let's go back. So you went to uh, teach at. Uh, University of Barcelona, you said, or so, so yeah, so basically I was offered this opportunity and then I basically prepared a presentation on how, uh, brands can do social media marketing. And this is like in 2000, what, 13 or 2000, yeah, 13 or 14. And from there they invited me every year. And then they started inviting me to their other classes and their other departments. And then I started teaching at other universities like Toulouse business school. I and Geneva Business School, like every business school uh, in Barcelona. Is that something where, that naturally happened or you, you like pitched Yeah, it was it? just, yeah, I was not, I was definitely not emailing people like, hey, can I teach at your mm. school? It's more like, mm. hey, we want you to be part of our uh, digital marketing program or platform. So then I started getting into the education network and apparent, honestly, at that time I had, I didn't know that I had things to teach. Uh, but now looking, looking backward, it's like, holy shit, there, what, like none of these schools have a book or mm -hmm. a program that teaches this stuff. Like nobody, nobody knew anything, right? Yeah. Not nobody knew anything, but. So to them, it was probably like, this is so cool. This is so new. And people that were in that room, maybe while you were teaching your first class were like, oh, this, and then they kind of. It led you to the next. Well, the other university was like, oh my God, I want this. We need this in our school. And so I started just going around to all the different universities and teaching social media. And that's kind of what led me to, you know, my creating my own course. Which is another reason why you shouldn't overthink because that's, that's kind of how my career evolved too, right? Like it's always the things that I was the most unexpected 
that leads you to like this huge opportunities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It did lead me to being invited to be one of the first um, course creators in for the English department on Domestica. And that just, you know, that's been a huge, a huge, um, what would you say? Like a huge check mark. Yeah, yeah. A huge, yeah. A huge check mark or leap on my, on my list of goals. Um, because I, you know, as a freelancer, I, I know like all of my competitors have courses and they have programs and I've just mm. always been in, uh, you know, serving, serving corporate clients and serving businesses. So, uh, I never had the time get, I never had the time to actually build my own course, but they definitely have helped me with the entire production and the, the everything. So I just needed to provide the content. You just didn't show up. I just need to show up and talk, you know, That's, that sounds like hours. awesome. <laughs> yeah. It sounds um, like my dream kind of way to teach. <laughs> well, that's what professors do at university. You that's know, true. you do have to do like a, um, like a thesis before you get mm -hmm. your PhD and then you can, you know, just teach whatever the hell so you want. That's kind of, do you think that domestica course is what launched you to like the next level in your state career? So I really know that, that, um, in terms of visibility, yes, because they are running so much advertising for free for me, um, which they're, they've, they're fully invested in me. They, they, they're fully invested in all of their professors. And so it's gotten me in terms of like growth online. It's definitely like opened up more doors and, um, you know, it's grew, grew my fan base, but I was never like necessarily looking to grow my fan base because I was already, I had so many clients, amazing people that I was working with when I just had less than a thousand followers. Um, so to be honest, so followers has nothing to do with, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think all. for client work, it doesn't really matter at all. Like zero, like yeah. they don't care how many followers yeah. you have. Exactly. Uh, and they're definitely not all. following you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> definitely not like a hundred percent. They're not following you, but yeah, I think in terms of, you know, my personal growth and my personal brand, yes, it's helped me grow my personal brand. Um, is that like to, a goal of yours growing your personal brand? I think, yeah. So I actually launched my personal brand in three years ago in 2018. So over two years ago, I launched my personal brand in 2018 because I had launched a brand for my agency, uh, in 2017 grew it. Like we had a, um, a video agency specializing in social media, uh, content, mm -hmm. specifically 360 video. And I had like spent so much of my time and energy to, you know, launch my first social media agency. And then I realized that I need to invest like a better investment was my personal brand because I, yeah. yeah, because the agency, you know, it's actually, we dissolved it, um, after two years in business because it was just, you know, it's, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> about entrepreneurship and knowing <laughs> what kind of business partners to choose. Um, but that's kind of at the same time as that business, I knew that it was going to be closing. I also launched my personal brand because that's something is, you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. Oh. Mm -hmm. right? And you can open as many businesses as you want. I've mm -hmm. done many, many projects uh, mm -hmm. and things. I'm, I've opened so many Instagram accounts, you guys, like, <laughs> and, and, and many of them successful, but many of them failed as well. And you can constantly do that. But the one that you can't constantly re like, you know, be creating is you, you have one, you, and you should invest, uh, in yourself and create a brand for yourself. And that's what I had the cojones or the balls to finally do because before 2018, I was too afraid. I was like, I never wanted to put myself, my face in front of my work. And I never, um, was a person that wanted to be in front of the camera. Um, but it took me, you know, eight years in my business to figure out, holy shit, like, sorry, I have to, I have to 
invest in myself. And if I want to stand out among like all the competition, it's really important for me to build a personal brand around what I do. And, and, and so you saw the value of it. Therefore yeah. you overcame yeah. your fear. Sorry. I just had to turn on light. Yeah, Whoa. exactly. I saw the, I saw the value in it and I just, um, so what happened after like, what happened right when you kind of you started putting yourself out there let's say you started showing up more what how did how did that feel like was it as scary as you thought so what one um <laughs> yeah well that's a good question so i think what happened with me because i think video was like the hardest thing for me like to i i started even though you did the course the course isn't also in video. So that's what helped me. Like after I, I think I became more comfortable with video and like seeing myself on camera after I did the domestic course. But before the course, I was still like hiding, you know, I, I wasn't able to just come out with no makeup on and like be in front of the camera like I am now. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and it has to, it's a, like, honestly, it took so much time to like, even be comfortable taking a selfie of myself in yeah. public yeah. and then post it. Like yeah. I was never a selfie person, even though everyone thinks otherwise, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah, you're like. No, I would never ever imagine that about you. I would think yeah. that you, you were probably doing that since like Instagram first came out. <laughs> Exactly. Like I had Instagram like since 2010 and I, you can look, go down all the way on my feet. I never posted a picture of me ever, yeah. ever. So like, you were one of those people that are like, I can't post, I can't take selfies. Like, Oh, I just thought it's like so a, narcissistic. And yeah. like, I was just like, I was oh, just wow. like, I, 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 it's so narcissistic. And plus I didn't, you know, I didn't feel confident enough to do it, mm-hmm. but you know, all these young kids coming up and yeah. these, generations so were you like judging them when you see them like uh, i was just like oh no i wasn't i actually am like wow you guys are and i told this to like one of my friends Mm -hmm. um i was like wow i am just like so you know proud of you that you you have like all the confidence in the world to just go for it and like Mm -hmm. put yourself out there and like not so you were kind of uh you're, you're envying them. You were like, Oh, I wish I, I think, could do it. Yeah. I think it's more like, yeah, I, I think it was more like envy than like, and like, like Oh, them. I would, yeah. yeah it, I wasn't judging them at all because I'm like, dude, good for you. Like mm-hmm. you have freaking balls yeah, um, yeah. because it's really that inner work, right? It's really me mm-hmm. that I wasn't ready. And it took me like 10 years to like freaking post a picture yeah, of myself. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, after, you know, because I, I've had imposter syndrome up until this point, right? Actually, you never really get rid of imposter syndrome. Um, it's always just, you know, creeping, creeping right behind you. But I think... So how long did that take for you to completely be okay with like showing up like on camera, doing like selfies? Probably, probably eight years. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, not scarcity, but like... <laughs> just being completely comfortable on camera. It, ha- it wasn't until this year. That's why, like, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't until, like, COVID. COVID, like, was basically, I was like, no time like the present. I'm just going to start doing mm. these IGTV lives. I don't care if anyone watches it. I just need mm. to practice. I need to practice and get better at presenting myself oh, wow. on camera. Yeah. And that's the commitment that I made to myself, which was, you know, I'm going to do one live once a week and see how it goes. Because I, I, I'll tell you, I thought about doing it for many years because I thought about doing it three years ago and I never did it. I had like my whole entire brand design with all like the lower thirds, all these graphics Mm. to do the live. I never did it. And then now I don't even use any of the stuff. You're you're like all raw. Yeah, exactly. I just only do the raw shit and I don't have Uh, anything produced. Yeah, There's some sort of a freedom in that, right? Like when you, when you know you're putting out something that's not polished and you do it enough, there's some sort of something freeing about that, that are just like, ah, Degaff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm like, now it's like been what, six, seven months since, you know, the pandemic. And I, 
And my, my friends have said, you have really improved. Like you have improved a lot in how you speak and present yourself and in front of the camera. And, and I know I have, because it's all about that confidence. And I lacked so much confidence for my whole life. I have to be honest, like, even though you might, people might perceive that I'm a confident person. It took me so many years to build up that confidence. It took me so many failures to, you know, figure out what the hell I'm doing. And, and yeah, so now I can, I'm never, I've never been more confident than today, but it took me so long to put a, post a selfie of myself, to mm. post a Instagram story of myself. Mm. Like it took, it's like muscle memory when you like the first day you go to the gym, it's going to, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard, but you do it every day for years and it, it gets easier. Right. And that's why when I told you to, and you've been doing really well on stories. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that call with you and Danielle and Paige was like, what? And it's, it's kind of like that. Like for me, a huge part of like that confidence for, like I've always had confidence in my, not always, but I've built enough confidence in my abilities and my, my, you know, my area of expertise, but not showing up on camera, not showing up on video and things like that. Right. But I had to completely accept myself, like all my flaws, like the way I talk, everything about me that I don't like about myself. I had to fully accept that in order to be confident on camera. I'm like, okay, that's just who I am. Those are my flaws. It sucks, but you know, people people don't seem to mind. So, fuck it. Well, because you're real, you're authentic as fuck. So, <laughs> thank you. Listen, thank you. that's that's how you really attract your true tribe, right? Like, if people are going to be judging you, they don't deserve to be in your crew, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and one thing that that's not kind of maybe the last topic we should cover is building because you. You, I feel like you're naturally good in building communities. Is that safe to say, or? It's kind of what I get paid to do. Um, <laughs> that's what I've been doing for, I've been, I've built communities all over the world for different companies. And that's what I've been doing for the last eight years of my career. So I'm good at building relationships that are meaningful and, and really valuing, really valuing other people's stories and who they are and actually caring about people. Uh, so Do you so have any I think tips that's for people who want to, because those are the two parts that I see. One is what you talked about confidence, being authentic, you know, self-acceptance, all of those things is an important part of building a personal brand. But the other 50% to me is building the community, really caring for your community and, these are the two things that I saw from our, my clients that are doing really well. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the two things that people lack the most, right? Cause they, a lot of people think that it's, it's all this fluff and all these other things like, you know, having the knowledge, the providing value, all of those things. But the two actual main ingredients of building a personal brand from what I see is the authenticity part, like just being confident in yourself. Mm -hmm. and in your true self and then two is knowing how to build communities knowing how to really care for the community absolutely so any building tips a community, on, yeah so building a community is literally about serving your people and if you want to be a community leader and you want to have people support you and be around you well you you've got to serve them first what can you do for your community? How can you um, deliver value to your community? And, and yeah, I just, um, you have to think about other people. It's never about you. And I think that's the number one thing that has been like my North star to know if I'm doing social media right or wrong, or if I'm doing something right or wrong is mm. if I know that it's helping someone else that I am actually like this piece of content or whatever I'm about to do is going to be benefiting someone. Can it literally help them? Is it going to, you know, make their day better? Is it going to make them smile? Is it going to 
uh, save them time, make them money? What is it that you can personally do as a human being to serve somebody else and serve your community? And that's how, when, when I first got started, that's literally how I would build a social media strategy is listing out the different ways that our brand or our company can actually help our people. And it's as simple as that. If we can, as human beings, just help each other and figure out, you know, how like we can, like social, like the, the economics of how social media works and, and the value exchange is basically who can uh, deliver the most value, right? So if you want to have a huge community and you want to have millions of followers, well, you have to, you know, deliver. That's your product. The value you bring is your product, basically. For personal brands, I feel like. For personal brands, for sure. That's, that's you. (laughs) So what you know, what's so funny, like, most people that I talk to, they are very, they do care about other people, they do think like, one on one, they're always like, Oh, what can I do for this person? Like, even at work, I feel like people work really hard and things like that because they, they care about the other person that they're doing it for, right? But for some reason, when it's on mass media or social media, when they're talking to, like when they're creating content, right? Like if I was doing something for a client, I would be like, oh, like how, you know, I really wanna make that person happy or something like that. But for some reason, when I'm creating content, like we think like, oh, like how is this gonna make me look, right? Is this gonna, like, mm. is this gonna make me sound cool? Is this gonna make me sound smart? Like we're not necessarily thinking about the other person when we're creating content. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because because we're too busy thinking about how it's going to make us look. Exactly. <laughs> That's not. So maybe it's kind of related, like being authentic and being okay with. Because when you're totally confident, I feel like you don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to make yeah. yourself look better. So this is like a case in point. Like I, this is like what I was thinking about today where I used to, you can go down my Instagram feed and see this too. as like when I was like first trying to start my personal brand and I had to have like everything perfect. Like every, it had to like have my brand color and it had to be like the right design. And then it would be a black and white photo. And then my brand design and like, everything's like, you know, perfect. Perfect grid. (laughs) Exactly. uh, I tried at least to, you know, be pixel perfect. And it's just a sign of insecurity. Right. And that, Oh, the oh, my man. the way that I can deliver value oh, is people are gonna hate you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is like I literally I know that, and I also know the reason why I didn't put um, my face in front of the camera and put it on video is because I was insecure as hell. <laughs> and, and and designers and and artists too. If you you know are suffering from post paralysis because you know you're one pixel off, it's it's insecurity. You like perfectionism is just yeah. another word for insecurity. Yeah. And, and I'm, I suffer from that, but now I'm just like degaff, right? Hashtag yeah. degaff. I'm doing the best I can. I'm being mm-hmm. my social media right now just reflects like authentic authenticity to, to the T because I don't even like, put covers on my yeah you just put like your your face that's cut off like i don't even care anymore i'm just like oh well this one's okay like i don't know i'm just gonna i think that's the ultimate confidence (laughs) exactly i just didn't even have time i'm like oh god like no one's even gonna watch this it's not i'm just like i think the purpose of it the content is there so if you want to watch it watch it. if you don't don't but um i I'm at the point where I'm just like, I don't need to like make a pretty cover for it. Like, mm. who's that for? Like, if you want that's to- when, That's when people are really drawn to you though. I feel like when you actually start not caring, it's about <laughs> how you look, about how you how people perceive you. That's when people are more attracted to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're more authentic, right? Yeah. So I still do love, I love like, you know, perf- I love- making things perfect and, you know, having the perfect grid. Um, yeah. but I just can't, I couldn't keep up with it. Like, because mm-hmm. I am not like, 
I'm like a one person show right now. I, I don't, I'm not running an agency like you. I don't have people, you know, to help me, uh, with graphics and things. Um, I get them done. Like I just get the branding done and then I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm at the point like, well, if I want to, you know, when you want to start a personal brand, you're literally a media company and mm -hmm. being a media company is a 24 seven job. And I actually have, you know, clients and, and people to serve. So I'm, I put myself, unfortunately for my social media, it's, you know, not on the top of my priority list. Um, I actually think there's that. some power in that because for me, when I try to make everything perfect for YouTube, I, I just couldn't do it. Right. Like it was, it wasn't happening too, too, too much of a expectation of outcome. Yeah. Overthinking. But then Overthinking. when I got on Instagram, I was like you, right? Like I didn't, I was like, oh, this is, I'm just doing this for fun. It's, you know, like I didn't care about it. And that was, that actually gave me the power to not overthink. And I think that's the reason why my Instagram grew, but my YouTube didn't grow like back when I first started it. Right. Cause I was trying to make it perfect here. I was just like, whatever. And that actually gave yeah. me the power. It's almost like I did it for me. I didn't even do it to there you my go. content. Yeah, it's it's for me, it's like for, for me to practice. Exactly. It's for okay. you. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the difference. Like, so there's it's kind of contradictory what like I'm teaching here because at first I'm like, well, you have to create content for other people and create content that serves other people. But also you have to, you know, when you're on these channels, like, do it for yourself, right? Not for for others. Just make sure whatever you put out, it's, it's serving, but also like, unless this is going to be your full-time job, um, make sure it works for you. Like, don't go on like the content creation hamster wheel. If you don't have to, mm -hmm. like I, if I wanted to create and like the most epic personal brand ever, like literally I would probably need to spend like eight hours a day, <laughs> like, <laughs> working and making content and like scheduling all my content. I never had, I've never, by the way, I've never ever had a social media calendar ever for myself. I do it for all of Which my Which is clients. what everybody tell you to do. All the social media people tell you to do. Yeah, but I've never ever had a calendar. I just post when I want and it's all live and That's real awesome. and when I have time. Um, so it depends how you want to manage it. So, and it depends on your personality, but yeah, if you're like me, I try to do the little where I try to do the least work as possible to get the maximum results. So that's why I'm now like the only thing I do on Instagram is just IGTV live because I can get a live video and connecting with someone else. I, I'm getting the live stream, then I can post it on IGTV and then I get a feed post. That's three things in one piece yeah. of content. And I just spend an hour a week and that's it. I just yeah, you're don't doing Almost all your posts are IG, uh, like IG Yeah, live. because I just like have no time to do carousels. And no. I just, I think like I, when I'm in the mood, I'll do it. And if I'm not, I just, I, I don't listen. I'm not like monetizing like no. my Instagram. Like I'm not an influencer, right? No. I'm not like um, trying to make I think money that's the key. Like <laughs> if you're trying to aim for this huge thing, you're just never going to get there. But for you, you were just like trying to make a living <laughs> traveling yeah. around the world, which is you're already doing. So, you know, and exactly, exactly. The side effects <laughs> of that is actually growing, <laughs> growing your personal brand. <laughs> the side effect, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't never so, like intentionally trying to like grow it, but then I, now I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm doing this course, I'm creating two more courses and, and that advertising is what's growing my Oh, you're account. creating two more courses? Yes, yes. Amazing, amazing. So courses. that kind of to wrap it up, what what are you most excited about right now? What's going on in your life that or what's coming up for your personal brand that you're most excited well, about? Well, the most exciting thing is that it's well, right now, well, Halloween just passed and Thanksgiving is. Oh, coming I saw your up. photos, yeah. Yeah, Thanksgiving's <laughs> coming up. So I'm just really excited to travel home um, to see my family for Thanksgiving. That's like, I usually go back to LA like three times a year. And, you know, obviously this year was not possible. So, you know, I'm going to make it back 
um, see all my friends. It's the it's a risk I'm willing to take. I know we should not be traveling during the you know during COVID if if we can help it. Um, but yeah, like there's I'm following all the regulations and I'm going to be able to make it home for Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. So I'll oh, be. Nice. Yeah, are you so I'm staying excited. for the whole time or are you doing yeah, two visits? I'm, I'm going to be staying for the whole time in LA, but then I'll also be in New York. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be in New York filming my second course, which is how to create a social media strategy for your personal brand. So if oh. you're interested in, in that, I'm going to be teaching how I... For Domestica or... Yeah, it's for Domestica. So... Yeah, that'll be my second course um, with Domesca. And then I'm building now the third course, which is the Instagram story sales, which is basically an introduction on how to actually sell your products and services through Instagram stories. And yeah, both of them should be coming out in 2021. And um, the most exciting thing though, is next year I will, I've been getting a lot of like requests and people that uh, want to learn from me and do what I'm doing. So if you are a social media manager or you want to learn how to become a freelance social media manager that travels around the world and just do whatever the hell they want, <laughs> um, I'm going to be launching a social dragons Academy that will basically, um, be a mastermind, uh, that I will this share is for yourself, your own course. Yeah, this is this Not is my domestic program. Yeah. yeah, because this is more about like my business and how I write my proposals. Um, you know how I charge fifty thousand dollars per strategy um, just to do the thinking, and how I get clients. Uh, and that's so awesome. How my business works <laughs> because I feel like so many. I see so many people try to do that, right? Like make a living traveling, blah blah blah. But not many of them are actually doing it themselves. But you're actually like living proof. You're doing it yourself. Because that's that's who I want to learn from. I want to learn from somebody who's actually done it, right? Not somebody who's only done it. The way they did it is by selling this course to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, this is the whole world with the every, like, every, I don't know about you, but everyone is like a business coach. And I'm like, I don't really want to learn from anyone that isn't, that yeah. hasn't done it or done what I want to do. Um, so yeah, if uh, I'm always looking to, I'm always looking for mentors and coaches as well. Uh, but to be honest, there's like very few people that I actually aspire to be like, I don't want to be Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't want to be like, mm. I don't know, whoever, um, you know, whatever, uh, business and mentor coaches that are out there, but I'm sure there are also many amazing people. Um, but I think it's important to do your That's research. That's so cool because, because, because like a lot of people do aspire to be Gary V, right? Because they're seeing certain as aspects of it, but you know what that also comes with. And I know what you want is you want to travel. You want to have that free time. You rather I don't want to be Gary Vee. Shit. He does not like just take off and go to the Maldives for a week. Like, exactly, no, exactly. That's, not, that's not the lifestyle. That's not who I want to be. Um, so that's one thing that I've, I've really been extremely committed to is just a, my lifestyle and, you know, building my business around the lifestyle that I want, which is like, like what I said earlier, doing the least amount of work for the most amount of return. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I'm interested to share how I do that with, um, other social media people that are interested. Oh, so exciting. yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll know when you launch that course. <laughs> so yeah, let's, um, wrap it up. We have another IG live call coming up. So yeah, uh, I can't thank wait. <laughs> <laughs> thank you it's so like much. For... <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Sun... I mean, it is Sunday. Like we could so. just be in Torrance right now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Torrance, Palace Verde is coming together. <laughs> are, your, are your parents still in Torrance? Yeah, I was actually 
when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I should probably go to Torrance for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Cause like, you should, cause my then parents we can are, meet up there too. <laughs> yeah, I know. My parents are in Korea, but I have family. My uncles, my grandpa, my grandmother, right. they're all in Torrance. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. probably know a bunch of people in common. I know, I haven't yeah. done the research yet. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your time yeah, and your you. knowledge and your thank stories. Thank you. For, I'm so honored to be your first um, guest. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And yeah, for everyone again, check out Dot's website, dotlong.com, uh, her Instagram so that you'll be updated when her course launches, when her Domestica course launches and her own course launches. And yeah, thanks, Dad. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Talk soon. Bye, everyone.